Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening, the Old Testament reading from Exodus 17, especially that last line. Is the Lord among us or not? Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you are stuck in the middle of a desert. There is no water. You are thirsty. This is a problem. This is a major problem. This is a life or death problem. Is it any wonder then that the people of God grumbled? They grumbled against Moses. They grumbled against God. More than likely, they grumbled with one another. Isn't that happen? Isn't that what happens when, when we find ourselves in a threatening situation? Oh, maybe not a situation that threatens life or death, but something that deals with our survival. Maybe it's a situation at work. People are getting laid off. Wages are frozen. We begin to grumble and complain. It's a matter of survival. How will we pay our bills? How will we meet our commitments? How can I save for retirement? It's a matter of survival. Maybe it's a relationship that we have. Uh, a husband or a wife, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, parent and child. And this relationship is breaking. Our survival is threatened. We begin to grumble. We grumble about the other person. We become bitter. We lash out. The grumbling and the bitterness gets deep-seated. We begin to envy other relationships and we wish ours could be like that relationship. Grumbling leads to discontent, and discontent leads, leads to envy, and envy leads to rebellion. My friends, we've all been there. We've all experienced it on one side or the other. Grumbling is real. Discontent is real. Envy is real. Rebellion is real. But what we fail to see so often is that when these things are happening in our heart, in our lives, or happening to us, that this is Satan at work. 
Satan at work. Satan, who wants us to have short-term memory loss. Satan, who teaches us to question the very presence of God. Is God among us or not? God, if you are really God, if you really love me, then why is this happening at work? Why is this happening at church? Why is this happening in my heart? Why is this happening in my relationship? Why is this happening to my health or the health of someone I love? Where are you, God? Is God among us? Is God with me? Is God for me? Or is God against me? Or is God impotent to act? Or doesn't God care? Maybe there is no God after all. My friends, when Satan works on you to the point where you think, feel, or even say, where is God? Is God among us or not? We need to remember we need to remember his word. We need to remember the way he has been with us in the past. We need to remember everything that God has done for us right here and right now. And we need to remember what God promises to do for us in the future. That was the problem with the children of Israel. They forgot. They forgot the strong, mighty arm of the Lord. They forgot everything that he had done for them. The children of Israel were in bondage, in bondage in Egypt for over four centuries. Their cries went out to God. Hear our prayers. Notice our suffering. Send a deliverer. And when the time was right, God raised up Moses. Moses, who is an interesting study in and of himself, but Moses, the reluctant leader, Moses stands before Pharaoh, speaking the word of God. Let my people go. But Pharaoh's heart was hard. He would not listen to the word of God. And so God displayed his power and his might. He displayed the fact that he was among the children of Israel. He was fighting for them and not against them. Plague after plague after plague was dealt out by God on the people. The children of Israel were kept safe. The Egyptians suffered miserably. And yet Pharaoh refused to listen to the word of God. He hardened his heart to the point where God hardened his heart. And finally, after the last plague, the, birth, the death of the firstborn of all Egypt, finally, 
Pharaoh relented, and the children of Israel were set free. They set, were set free. They rejoiced. They plundered all of Egypt. They went their merry way to worship God and to enjoy their freedom. But their freedom didn't last long, or so it seemed. All of a sudden, they are pinned. Pinned between Pharaoh's oncoming army and the Red Sea. You can almost hear the grumbling of the people, can't you? Oh, sure, he set us free to be slaughtered by the Red Sea. Is God among us or not? God displayed his power and his might. Moses lifted up the staff. The Red Sea waters parted as God blew a, blew a breath from his nostrils. A wall of water on one side, a wall of water on the other, and the children of Israel passed through from certain death to life. They passed through on dry ground. And as they reached the other side, singing songs of victory, Pharaoh and his army followed. And the walls of water came crashing down. The horse and the rider, Pharaoh himself, dead on the bottom of the sea. God displayed his might and power. God delivered redemption, salvation, freedom to his children. And now, now as they journey to the place where God is about to reveal for them his holy law, they're in the middle of the wilderness. They're in the middle of the desert. It's hot. It's dry. They're thirsty. Rather than remembering God's love, God's power, God's providence, God's provision, rather than crying out to God, please God, remember us in our need, they grumbled. They became discontented. They envied even slavery. Oh, at least when we were slaves, we had food in our belly and water in our mouth. They plotted rebellion. Their first rebellion was against Moses, ready to stone him. But ultimately, their rebellion was against God. No one could have blamed God if he had become fed up with this whining, grumbling, discontented, rebellion-prone people. But in his love, in his mercy, in his grace, he provided for the people of God what they needed, as he always does. Moses, take the staff, the very staff that you held over the Red Sea waters, and strike it against the rock. And water came flowing from the rock. Water from a rock? It's a miracle. 
God provided for his people. My friends, what are we to learn from this? We can easily sit back and make fun of and mock the children of Israel, can't we? How could they possibly have forgotten God? They had witnessed the plagues. The crossing of the Red Sea on dry ground was still fresh in their memories. How in the world could they have not trusted in God? We could do that. Satan would love it if that's what we did with this text. But this account from Holy Scripture, as is the entire Word of God, is about us. We, brothers and sisters in Christ, we, the baptized, who have crossed over from death to life, from slavery on one side of our holy baptism, passing through the water to forgiveness, life, salvation, and freedom on the other side. How quick are we to grumble and complain against God when things don't go exactly our way? My friends, we who have witnessed by grace through faith the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ through the words of Holy Scripture. How quickly are we transferred from grumbling to discontentment, envious of what others have that we wish we had, prone to rebellion, rebellion maybe against your pastor, but ultimately, rebellion against your brothers and sisters in Christ and rebellion against God. How quickly we forget the love and the promises and the forgiveness that God has freely given us. How quick we are to grumble and rebel. No one could blame God if he would wipe us out and start from scratch. But instead, God, who is with us, God who promises never to leave us nor forsake us, God who is gracious, even when we are ungrateful and unloving. God provides for us water from the rock. We heard in our epistle lesson, right? The rock is Christ. The rock which moved around with the children of Israel. Christ who really is present among us right here and right now. Christ who quenches our thirst with the forgiveness of sins, forgiveness for all of our grumbling, forgiveness for all of our discontent, forgiveness for all of our envy and rebellion, forgiveness for all of our idolatry, because that's really what we get down to, isn't it? When we grumble and complain, it's because we are not happy and satisfied with the gifts that God has given us.
He satisfies our thirst with the forgiveness of sins. My son, my daughter, your sins are forgiven. He satisfies our thirst with the very body and blood of Christ in and under bread and wine. He satisfies our thirst by continuing to give us promises that He is with us always, even to the end of the age. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. My friends, God satisfies our thirst and takes away our fear. He satisfies our thirst with the forgiveness of sins. Your survival is guaranteed, not by outward circumstances, but by the holy blood of Jesus shed on Calvary's cross. My friends, you are never alone. Why? The Lord is among us. The Lord is with you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds, our doubts and our fears, and even our grumbling. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Having heard the word of God, we are bold to confess our faith. This evening we use the words of the Nicene Creed, page 158. Please stand.